0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on March the 10th, 2020. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, the quaintest of queens. The Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will of course be discussing the games we have played this past week. Horizon Zero Dawn hits Steam this summer. Able Gamers 2020 pay-to-win charity community tournament is going on. Finally, we will have a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes, following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. What's shaking, Bacon?
1: Ah, uh, well, uh, I became a parent. Indeed. I-, I adopted a cat, so if you hear anything in the background. Uh, at least uh, for this recording, and whenever that freaking content that we recorded goes up, uh, it's the cat going absolutely berserk. Yeah, you know, like cats do, even though I'm not convinced I got a cat. Because yeah. it, it's been chasing its tail, it's been following me like a little puppy. Um, uh, It's been meowing a lot more than I'm used to a cat uh, meowing. Mm hmm. I'm convinced that it's just gonna bark at me one point. If it wasn't for chasing the laser pointer, I would. I wonder if I got a small dog instead.
0: Yeah, you were you were definitely describing some dog behavior, but I've never had
1: a dog who chased its tail. I've owned a lot. I mean, I mean, I, mean I wish I recorded because uh, Sunshine—that's the cat's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, the cat's name from the shelter, and I think we're gonna keep it. Uh, she was sitting in the hallway, uh, and she like noticed her tail uh, flicking mm-hmm. because she was agitated because you know she had just been transported. So, uh, she just got out of a cargo pod, uh, and she was agitated, and she was sitting there flicking her tail, and then she looked down at it like. Oh, what's that? And started chasing it, and she d- went full tornado. Just uh, around for a good 20 or 30 seconds, and I don't want to interrupt it. Nice. I like cats.
0: It's tragic that I'm horribly
1: allergic, but... Well, simple. Get one of the hairless ones. Yeah, but it's not the same. Well, then you get a little two-pay for it, or a little fur coat.
0: <laughs> Put cute sweaters on it. Actually, I'm. this is... Yeah, this isn't so bad. It's not a bad idea. I mean, some cat's gonna hate me, and by extension you, but you know.
1: Well, let's be honest. Cats naturally hate their owners. Or their are humans. Uh, to some degree. Yeah. Uh, the only reason why I'm sure uh, Sunshine's gonna keep me around is because I feed her. And she's already spoiled. She uh, was meowing like crazy, acting like she didn't have food. She didn't have enough wet food mixed in with her draw. It, it wasn't to her liking. Oh, which that's all how I've always done it was just mixing some wet with draw. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah.
0: You'll you'll learn all of the her eccentricities and
1: Yeah. I mean she's only six months old, so she's a broody teenager right now. Yeah.
0: Well, you got a new cat. I'm getting not a new PC, but a lot of PC upgrades coming in. I uh, I was looking on, I got a message from, I, I bought all these on eBay. I got a message, uh, not all of them secondhand, a couple of things secondhand. But I got a message that was like, there, you've had a, a shipping or a tracking update. I was like, oh, what is this? And I went and I looked, and I had multiple tracking updates from all of my packages except for one. So they're all going, they all were supposed to be here on Monday of next week, but now they're all supposed to be here by Friday of this week. So I'm very excited, get to put the new PC together, um, you know, baby it, take it on a date, get very intimate with it before my in-laws get here. And I'm going to be alone Saturday night. My uh, wife and son are going to stay with a friend in Nashville to make it easier to pick them up from the airport on Sunday morning.
1: uh hmm so that uh, so so, uh, are you still going to go on the side trip to uh, visit the Kmart? Oh yes, that's next week though. I'm the one who's taking them
0: back to the airport, so we're going to go on the side trip after I drop them at the airport. But um, so I'm going to be all by my loans on Saturday night. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to get like I think sushi, maybe I don't know. I'm going to get something. I'm going to have a nice dinner with my new PC. And then we're, we're gonna play some
1: outer worlds.
0: We're gonna play. We're gonna play rough for a while. Gonna really work the new uh, GPU. See how it does. I mean, it's still behind. I'm, I up. I always upgrade a generation, or maybe even you know, sometimes two generations behind. But I'm going from. Uh, I was Green Team. I originally had a GTX seven hundred and fifty Ti. Used that for a few years. Then I got the RX 480, so I went red team. And I'm back green team. I bought a GTX 1070 Ti. I kept my same processor. Um, I have the i seven 4790 k Um from I think it was 2013 or 2014. Um was the year that card was like, or not card, the year that CPU was like the top of the line Intel CPU for consumers. Um and I was doing some comparisons and using a lot of tools online. And it looks like the 1070 Ti is about as far as you can push it before it starts to become a bottleneck in the system. So uh, that's what I went with. And I'm figuring I can get two-ish more years out of it. About a new case, because I hate the case that I've been using. And then I got a, a, an ATX motherboard instead of a mini ATX which is what I've been using because
1: I was dumbing when I bought it because it was a good deal Mm
0: -hmm. and I was like I'll replace this thing
1: yeah I've never done uh, anything but uh, full ATX because uh, I've had to work on some computers that were micro ATX and never again yeah and then this new motherboard has got an m.2 slot on
0: it so I had been wanting to get a larger ssd To have as a gaming drive, because now I've got right now, I've got an SSD for a boot drive and then like a two terabyte hard disk for my to put most of my games on. I've got some space on my SSD that I I put I have put a few games on, but generally I don't it's it's too small for that. So I bought a one terabyte M.2 SSD, which M.2, the like the standard that I have, because there's multiple standards of that. Is only like rated for SATA three speeds, so it's about the same speed rating as just getting
1: an SSD and yeah, right? Using now, another SATA I, I cable. think I'm, I'm just gonna wait on M.2. Well, uh, wait, it's the for, same wait,
0: price for... as a just a standard one nah, terabyte okay. SSD. I last, was like, time oh.
1: I, last time I priced it, it uh, M.2 was still a lot more expensive, yeah, it and was I the was Western. Got... Yeah, oh, and I was just going to wait for it to settle out and see you know, what standard uh, actually gets whole, or gets uh, somewhat standard, well, becomes the standard. Basically, yeah. wins the format war.
0: It was a um, Western Digital Blue drive, and they were the same price. And I was like, well, instead of getting another SSD, because I'm not going to throw out the hard disk just because it's old, I'll use it for something else until it dies. But, um, you know, instead of having to get another one and do some more cable management, I'll just get one of these and pop it into the M.2 slot because they were the same price. It's like $110 for a one terabyte uh, M.2 card. And I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of stuff that has said that SSD prices are about to go up in reaction to a, a combination of things, but like uh, shipping oh, and slowdowns from the coronavirus, and also it uses the same type of... or one same or similar type of flash memory as um uh smartphone stuff does and they already fight constant struggles with that so i thought well if i'm gonna adopt now's the time but i'll have all my stuff here as long as nothing you know goes wrong by friday oh and i also got new ram uh i got 16 i'm gonna uh, I was hoping to get thirty-two gigabytes of twenty-one thirty-three megahertz RAM because mm-hmm. this um, motherboard still uses DDR three. Mm. Which I mean, RAM speed is not really usually it, a problem. Uh, where... It is
1: for uh, uh, AMD, not Intel. As, yeah, as, as, but as far as I know, it's yeah, it's not.
0: Since you know, I mean, it, it could be a problem if I've got because I think you could get DDR three in like eight hundred megahertz. But I've been using sixteen hundred megahertz, and it's never been an issue. But I thought, what the hell? You know, it's cheap at this point, relatively speaking. Um, I'll buy a sixteen gigabyte kit, chuck that in, and go with that. So, going from sixteen gigabytes of sixteen hundred megahertz RAM to twenty one thirty three, and getting a new SSD, upgrading from an RX four eighty to a ten seventy Ti, getting a new case, and an ATX motherboard. I'm yeah. very excited.
1: Yeah, right now everything for me is still kind of uh, getting settled. And uh, basically, well, uh, since Anita had to go to Florida with uh, her sister, that was a trip that was already planned like a year ago uh, for Girl Scouts. Uh, I'm kind of uh, not able to do a lot right now because, yeah, it's a lot of it is going through boxes and everything yeah so uh everything's kind of on hold for me. I did get myself a couple uh, fun toys like I got a you know, a, a decent sized stock pot uh, to uh, yeah cook with yeah only a twenty quart only only twenty quarts yeah only five
0: gallons i was about to say, and how many gallons is that? how many liters is five gallons a lot that's about 10, 11 liters? Just like quick off the top of my head math. I think it's like 2 point something liters is one US gallon. So somewhere between 10 and 11 liters is how big that stockpot is for anyone who uses the metric system. Like a civilized human being, not like a savages.
1: Yeah. I'm doing a quick conversion. It is... Okay, how about this? It is eighteen thousand nine hundred twenty-seven milliliters there? <laughs> uh, since we want to talk civilized people, right? Eighteen thousand milliliters, so that would make it eighteen liters. So my math was way wrong. Just, just well, you also broke up, so I wasn't able to really hear it. Uh, just shot nineteen.
0: Okay, my math was way wrong. Uh, according to
1: Google, one U.S. gallon is three point seven eight liters. Well, you also have to realize gallons are different in different areas. There's a couple of different types of gallons, actually.
0: Yeah, there's a, a UK gallon or a British gallon. Mm. I can't remember what its other designation is.
1: Yeah, yeah. sort of like whenever you look at a recipe and it says use a cup of flour. Well, you also have to consider where that recipe is coming from. Because in Canada, cups are different to the to the United States, to... Asia, uh, Europe has a slightly different uh, cup size. So it could uh, make for some interesting results. That's why whenever you see professional cooks talking, they usually go by weight because a gram is a gram. Very true. And that's also why uh, drug lords prefer grams. No volume for them.
0: (laughs) I suppose that would be true. I hadn't
1: thought of it that way. Good for drug lords. You guys know what's up. Yeah. Yeah, which I also did get another scale. So I have a jeweler scale now. Uh, So I'm able to measure to the hundredth of the gram. Yeah, for uh, when I use my baking cocaine. (laughs) What you're describing there is powdered sugar. Baking cocaine. Uh, Actually, uh, I had a... uh, uh, a bag of, sh- of uh, flour burst one time in shipment yeah uh, for those who don't know I like to buy in bulk uh, especially for things that are shelf stable that uh, I will use uh, pretty quickly and flour is one of them because I bake my own bread I, I do a lot of uh, baking in general and I go through flour like crazy especially you know, once my kitchen is not a complete and utter clusterfuck which I could go into that one later. That's another store that could that could be, uh, be Franken content. Uh, but uh, I get my flour from Walmart. I just do Walmart brand flour, and uh, if I need bread flour, I just add vital wheat gluten uh, to bring the protein level up to bread flour. So, I, whenever I had a lot smaller kitchen, and a lot less storage space, I didn't have to stock two types of pl- flour. Well the one of the shipments that I was getting from Walmart, they did not pack it correctly. Walmart's usually pretty good about packing their stuff. They I guess I got in a middle of a rush because I think it was like a holiday weekend and they shipped it out on a Tuesday after a Monday holiday or yep, you know, something like that. So uh I get a call because I was out uh, and about that day uh, From the apartment manager Where I used to live Saying that uh, I had a package there And it was leaking And also in this package Was a bottle of uh, olive oil So I first thought Was the olive oil busted Nope Uh, I got back to the apartment building And there was a white trail (laughs) From the entrance to the elevator And from the elevator to my apartment door With a giant White uh, Puddle there Or I guess puddle would be the proper term Or white spot And the FedEx guy was talking about how The cocaine was leaking So now flour is baking cocaine <laughs> Makes sense I can I can get behind that Yeah, he, uh, yeah she called it A Hansel and Gretel trail <laughs> Oh, but yeah. Fun times. Yeah. 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 Oh, so I remember when that yeah. happened. Yeah. Or at least when you, you, know, are, you yeah, yeah I talked that. about before. So. Uh, but yeah, I I have like two different scales now. I have uh the giant stock pod. I have a... Uh, I actually got a steamer as well and you know, a couple just little odds and ends. Because can you ever really have enough cooking stuff? I mean, honestly. Well, let's put it this way. I found a Dutch oven I want to get on Amazon. The, the question is, can you ever
0: have enough? Yes, I can, but I'm not. I mean, I like cooking,
1: but not in the same way that you do. So, yeah, the, I found a Dutch oven I want to get at some point. It is uh, hang on, ringing up on my phone. Yeah, and welcome to the cooking portion of the podcast. <laughs> I found a, uh, okay, it's this one. A twelve quart Dutch oven, and I think it'll fit in my uh, in, in my oven. <laughs> it is fucking massive, and I want it. And nice I have a girlfriend that's, that that supports me getting cooking stuff, saying that it's. Better than me spending on fucking fishing stuff. That it is. is uh, twenty four pounds. That's pretty heavy. Draw twenty four pounds. I want to get it, but I'm not sure if I would be able to use it. <laughs> because you just damn, start working
0: out with it. Just get ripped,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Wow, how'd you get so buff? I cook a lot. All right um s- speaking of getting ripped that's healthy being being healthy hey rage why don't you go talk about uh, the first game on your list
1: boy uh such a reach on that one what are we playing halo <laughs> hey no we haven't in a few weeks we should yeah well i got the new hit uh headphones now so i actually have a uh, decent audio again even though i did give up on the whole usb thing Don't know what's going on with that. It might be the Windows update. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, uh, Two Point Hospital uh, recently came out on Game Pass. And I thought, you know, I'll give it another shot. See how it is after several patches. Because I believe it was still fairly recent after it released when it got a free weekend. And uh, the Game Pass version has a couple DLCs. And I thought, you know, I'll check it out. Now, maybe I was a little too hasty on it. Maybe, uh, yeah, without the pressure of a uh, uh, of the free weekend of have to get uh, you know uh, enough time in it to feel, as if get a feel for it, it'll, it'll be a lot more fun. Uh, I, I'm not convinced I was particularly hasty about it, but uh, so for those who've never played Two Point Hospital, it's essentially a an homage, a, uh, spiritual sequel to Theme Hospital, where you are put in charge of a hospital that has weird and goofy, uh, diseases that come in and you have to try to cure them without the entire place, uh, going to shit, essentially. Uh, and it's built, uh, by, uh, by uh, each room and a uh, preset uh building. So you start with one building and you place rooms uh, freely within it. And they could be just a uh, simple diagnosis, a uh, general diagnosis. You could have uh, one that uh, measures heart rate. Or then you could start to get a little wacky, like DNA analyzers. So you could have... Uh, Uh, Fluid analysis where they have this giant machine with all the syringes on it and jab you. Uh, They could uh, have a, well, psychiatry ward. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't hire people as inappropriate as you, Jared. Sorry. No. But I guess I could make an exception. Yay. I could always use a janitor. I'll take it. (laughs) <laughs> uh but uh on the surface it's not bad all right i want to make that clear it's not a terrible game it's just it feels like it's a little hand it takes a long time to really be able to get anywhere and it kind of suffers from the mobilization of games where all the levels have three stars and in order to get the three stars you have to do things in this very particular way, and it does get a bit old. There's a lot of micromanagement, but then again, there isn't. So, Or I should say, there isn't the tools to really support it. Uh, after the first handful of levels, I started running into a problem of not having enough general practitioners. So for the loop of a uh, patient, essentially you get brought in, you go to reception and get checked in. And then you go to see the general practitioner who does an initial diagnosis. And if the if the GP isn't able to get above the threshold for diagnosis, which for, uh, without uh, playing around at all, if they're not able to figure out 90%, this is what you have, they send you all... For more diagnosis to uh, the uh, uh, general diagnosis to the uh, fluid, uh, uh, the fluid analyzer that sort of thing, and there's like five or six rooms I've unlocked right now that are different uh, tests that they can run, and each one brings up that diagnosis, and uh, and building up and improving those rooms. That uh, gives more diagnosis power. Well, once you get over the threshold, without you know uh, going into the settings and changing something, you go back to the general practitioner, and after every test, you're going back to the general practitioner, and I think you're going to see where the problem in this lies. You get a bottleneck. Oh, bottleneck does not begin to say uh, to uh, put the word in. Fair enough. In in my last level. I had eight general practitioner's offices. Each one had a queue of like 10 to 15 patients at the end of uh, the two-star level. So, yeah. Really, the only way to alleviate that is to start to specialize your doctors quite heavily. And the game has some basic tools for that, but not enough. So, it has the a dwarf Fortress Dwarf Therapist idea of a grid of jobs where each person is a line on that uh, on that spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And you can check off uh, what they're allowed to do and what not, they're not allowed to do. And each doctor, nurse, assistant, or janitor, you know, the four classifications ha- uh, uh, either come with uh, basic skills Or can learn them via training, but training takes a while, usually between 30 to 40 days, depending on the speed and uh, general traits of the doctors, or uh, the workers, I guess I should say. So it feels rather discouraging to want to uh, train them because it takes so long, and honestly the game starts to get down your uh, jump down your throat if you have too many people idle. They start saying, oh, you got too many of this, you got too many of that, and it starts to get fucking annoying. But you also want to try to specialize, you know, have uh, the doctors that are really good at diagnosis be in the diagnosis rooms in the general practitioner while the doctors and nurses that are good at treatment are in the treatment rooms, which uh, uh, the psychiatry ward is uh, kind of a weird in-between it's diagnosis for some things, but treatment for others. Uh, like uh, there's a condition called Mockstar where people think they're Freddie Mercury. Essentially. <laughs> well, the treatment is to go to a psychiatrist and you know say, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, that sounds about right. That's what but, I do on a daily basis. But part of the diagnosis of it, if it's not pick out right away is to go to a psychiatrist and uh, you know talk about this and it typically follows kind of the path of the disease so diseases that are more genetic based like the uh, almost autoimmune tend to go like fluid analysis or dna analysis uh, analyzer that sort of thing While more general diseases will go to general diagnosis, maybe fluid analyzer, maybe uh, the cardiovascular uh, 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 room. But uh, it just start to get so many bottlenecks and you have to really specialize people. And the way that the game has it, where, yes, you can check people off. uh, Let's say you have somebody that's really good at, uh, you know, you have a house, essentially. Which actually, uh, if you get a, a professional trainer in to teach a class, uh, the the trainer's uh, the uh, professional teacher's name is called Gregory Mouse. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. That's good. Uh, uh, the psychiatrist is uh, Sigmund Ford. Yep, yep, that tracks. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember some of the other ones, but you know, it, you know, it's essentially a pun on a famous uh, person in that field. Either fictional or real. Uh, but uh, the way the game handles uh, uh, doctors, nurses, and such going on breaks kind of also breaks, if you pardon the term or phrase, uh, the specialization. So, typically well, the way it is, is that uh, you're allow you could allow so many doctors to go on break at once. All right. Let's say you have ten doctors and you have five and five. All right. Incredibly small hospital, but work with me here. Okay. Well, you could set. Uh, I think the default policy is uh ten percent of your doc- of your workforce could go on break at once. Well, it's either ten or twenty percent. So one or two doctors, but because you have to specialize later on. Well, you may have two doctors from the diagnosis team go on break and now your treatment team is uh, running themselves record and not allowed to go on break until the diagnosis team uh, comes off break. And it's just kind of uh, micromanaging in the worst way possible because, yes, you can tell individual doctors to go on break, but there's no easy way to tell that unless you're sitting there going through all the menus. And it's just, it's not a lot of fun doing it. And there's also this overarching progression system that is kind of cool, but also kind of annoying as well, where the research that you uh, generate on each map uh, carries over. So if you research a new room for a disease, well, you can go back to the previous levels and enact that. Or you, in, uh, or you, Research upgrades for rooms; those carry over. The thing is also just like uh, the uh, the training, res- uh, building an upgrade takes a month, and if you're already suffering from a bottleneck, you either just yeah you know, start sending people home, or you just build a copy another copy of that room and just start sinking more and more money into the problem. I mean, generally, I usually keep two copies of uh, each diagnosis or treatment room anyway and try to spread out the upgrades, but it gets expensive and it's slow. And copying a room doesn't uh, copy the upgrade either. It's just there's a lot of niggles to this. That that really keeps me from liking it a lot more because it does feel a lot like a modern theme hospital. But it's just micromanaging in the worst possible way. Uh they did ever since the last time I played and had the ability to at least copy runes because that wasn't in the last time if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. So uh if I build like a right hand and a left hand version of like general uh uh, back- uh for example, to be able to just go along the uh length of a building. I could just copy and paste that room over and over again instead of having to build it over and over and over. I would still love to be able to save a couple of blueprints to be able to have, you know, a general, uh, a general version of a general diagnosis. But, you know, that's, might be asking a little much. Uh, honestly, a lot of times just getting to the, to the three and four star, or sorry, to the two and three stars. Uh, is honestly just a lot of times just waiting around and maybe doing one or two things. I mean, to be fair, it does allow time to build up research to be able to unlock more things and start to have a lot more upgrades for later levels uh, uh, to build up that overall progression system. But at the same time, it's just kind of it's kind of boring just kind of sitting around waiting on things. I mean, if I wanted to sit around and just watch numbers go up, I'd play a damn idle game. Fair fair play. And honestly, nope. there's a couple uh, there's a couple things that just make no sense to me either. Uh like uh, the queuing system as well. Uh so every room has its own individual queue, all right? But okay. Uh, if, let's say, a patient t- two in the queue suddenly really has to go take like a mega dump, all right? Okay. <laughs> well, and there's actually diseases that uh, I think affect that where they have to use the bathroom more often. Or I could just be reading into it a little bit too much and it could just be a general thing. Well, he goes off and, uh, uh, uses the bathroom well if the bathroom isn't nearby uh, he has to go a lot further but he's still number two on the queue so number one gets uh uh you know uh stabby stabby or whatever the hell is going on that room and they call for number two number two's gone number two's taking a number two yeah pretty much well they don't skip number two they just sit there and wait And that just makes the problem even worse. And honestly, the AI can be a little dumb at times. There's times that they'll just get stuck on things, even though the game says that there's plenty of room, or even if there's a large hallway. Uh, There's been times I've seen uh, uh, just the patients and uh, workers just kind of bump into each other and kind of get stuck and kind of Michael Jackson moonwalk there for a bit. There, it, it requires a lot more fiddling, a lot more toying with it than I really think is warranted, which gotcha. is a little disappointing. I mean, I, I, I've tried this game a couple times now, and I really don't think that they're going to do another uh, major uh, uh, thing with it, if, uh, or at least though. Uh, they may do some more DLC. I mean, they did do one uh, free update, but it's uh, basically just a, a different game mode from what they've done before. It just—it feels a little disappointing. Yeah, I, I think it's the the base is there for a good game, but it just doesn't really land it. You know, it it, it needs a little bit more time in quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there.
0: And I appreciate it.
1: Um, alright. I, I would say that if you have Game Pass, it is worth checking out so Because a lot of this may just be uh, me coming from Team Hospital and having that nostalgia. But having to heavily specialize uh, doctors and then not having a system in place to be able to build, like, teams of doctors. Uh, just seems a little odd.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But to give you an idea I, of when I did specialize my doctors in that one level that had, you know, like 12 or 13 uh, deep cues on eight uh, general uh, diagnoses or general practitioners. I just bit the bullet. I took a co- like two or three months of just bad, uh yeah, you a know, lot of people getting pissed with me. And took a good chunk of my uh, team and built a decent diagnosis team, and I went from fifteen deep, or, well, twelve to fifteen to three, just because I had a proper diagnosis team. But then I was running into the problem of you know them just getting tired because you know, right, and that's where you know I started to get a little bit annoyed with it. But anyway. So, yes. time for a mini game club?
0: Indeed. Um, a game. I was going to use the segue of speaking of a Game Pass, because of Two Point Hospital. You and I both. Yeah, played, but this
1: isn't a Game
0: Pass. N- no. You and I both played Full Metal Furies using PC Game Pass. The link I've got is for the Steam Store page, because I mean, I, I like the Steam Store pages the best for actually getting details about games. But. Um, yeah we played full metal furies um a fun very fun multiplayer what would this art style be called pixel art pixel art pixel art style um sort of side scrolling beat-em-up type game very reminiscent i mean i don't have a lot of experience with this type of game it makes me think of castle crashers and the scott pilgrim game um but i know there are lots of games that are in this genre i just don't normally typically i mean
1: I mean, this feels a little bit like Streets of Rage back in the day, only with no uh, friendly fire. Uh, but it's a beat 'em em up uh, with, depending on the character using, either melee or uh, ranged weaponry.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, with a strong dose of humor. I, I think they learned a lot from what they did with uh, Rogue Legacy. This is the same developers that did Rogue Legacy. And it feels like they learned a lot on their humor. They learned a lot uh, on their gameplay and developed a really polished and a lot of fun game. So you are playing a group of four female warriors that are trying to stop essentially the end times or this giant war that's going to destroy the world. Uh, The Titans have been released and uh, they're rebuilding their forces. So there's a lull in the fighting. But everybody knows once the Titans have rebuilt their forces, they're going to wipe out humanity. Yeah,
0: and in the like the first couple of cutscenes it was like, the war's been going on for a long time, and humanity so far has survived, but we probably won't survive the second wave. So, that's sort of the, the story impetus. Um, and you're going on this adventure to stop the Titans. Um, it's very fun in co-op like i mean this i i did play it a little bit single player i started like a new game so that it wouldn't interfere with the progress that you and i had made just to like check out like the swapping mechanics um and try out a couple of the other furies because each of us when we played only played as one of them so yeah we, well three. we each tr-
1: well we tried uh one and then i uh, had the game qu- uh, crash out uh, right. and we restarted and actually got the proper opening cutscene
0: yeah for some reason, the first time we played it skipped the opening cutscene in the tutorial and like dumped us into the area that's like serves as like your home base where you can do all of your upgrades and everything um and sort of practice your moves a little bit um yeah yeah no idea and then the lot. game crashed but it it worked fine the second time, but um you've got four four characters, four Furies, two melee, two ranged, and there seems to be a good deal of variety. There. Yeah,
1: there's alex the friendly fighter engages up close with counters and combos that's what you're playing yep Meg, the deersighted sniper plant mines shoot from afar and juggle your enemies Triss, the boxy tank who also drinks a lot of tea save allies with your shield or uh, send enemies flying and then aaron uh the uh, overly engineer uh, control the battlefield with her turrets. She also has a gun.
0: Yep, and that was who you were playing when we played together. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it mean, was a uh, good
0: combo, one melee and one range character.
1: Yeah, and the interesting mechanic that they have was the colored shields. Enemies could event, uh, could occasionally develop a shield uh, or spawn with one, and each of the furies is associated with the color. Aaron is green. Um, yours is red. Yeah, yours was red. I'm um, assuming the other one would be purple. The and... tank
0: is blue, and the sniper is yellow.
1: Uh, okay. So, uh, and only that fury could damage that enemy up to a point that the shield breaks, and then anybody could damage it. But if there's a white shield, it's immune to all damages. It's essentially uh, it treated as like a transformation stage, or, uh, or a tra- or. A, uh, a segue between two phases of a fight.
0: Yeah, and you definitely want to stay out of their way. Um, the the move system all feels really good. Uh, you unlock different um equipment and different items that give you different either abilities or flavors to the way that your moves work. So Alex's primary weapon is this big hammer. Um, And pretty early on, I got a different version of the hammer. All of the attacks were the same, um, but the final attack on the second version guarantees all enemies are lit on fire. Um, The attack is a little bit slower, so I had to kind of learn how to work with that and be careful with it, but guarantees it lights enemies on fire, which does damage over time for maybe five seconds.
1: Yeah, for Um, me, uh, I have... uh... Well, I'm using a gun, so I have a ranged attack, but it's a limited range. And it's uh, auto-lock-on within a, uh, essentially, a kind of sight. So I essentially aim in a general direction and lock-on, which was a little troublesome at times if I was trying to shoot an enemy with my colored shield and, and it was locking onto the different enemy. Uh, but there was just a you know, a single shot. There was a charge shot, which I got the ability to uh do a charge shot that also lit things on fire. Woo, fire! Um, I'm not sure if it was slower or not, or if it took more of my ammo clip. Uh, that's the kind of mechanic with her is that she has 12 shots and then she has to reload, which takes a couple seconds. Uh, the uh drone i got uh swapped out pretty much instantly uh one just locked onto a close by nearby enemy and uh fired uh the upgrade i got uh damaged all enemies in the radius and the radius was a bit bigger uh and it looks like each ability has essentially uh three upgrades or three i guess upgrades really because it's kind of trading off
0: yeah, and each of these abilities, you you can you, the more you use it, it levels up, which gives your character f- flat bonuses, or gives your profile, rather, flat bonuses, and they stack. So playing each of the four characters is encouraged because their bonuses stack for your active character. So, I mean, they give you things like bonus health or bonus attack damage, at least that we've seen so far. I don't know if there's anything more interesting or unique, but there could be. We're still fairly early in the game. We played about an hour and a half. Yeah. Or did we play two hours,
1: maybe? Uh, I think we played closer to two, actually.
0: And then I, I played for maybe like 20 minutes to see how the single player works. Because in single player, you have two characters that you choose and you swap between the two of them. And there are some interesting combo moves you can do when you're in control of both of them. And I assume that we could do them if we got better at coordinating together. But, I mean, with being in control of both characters, whenever you click... Um, I'm using Xbox controllers. So whenever I pull right trigger, it just immediately, like, changes the active um, fighter, like, right where you're standing. It's not like they jump Yeah, they in do say it,
1: that it, it's heavily encouraged to use a controller. And for me, it was pretty much a requirement because uh, they had a bug on my version that it wasn't giving me any keyboard and mouse commands. So it was all... Uh, press Xbox version of start. Okay, yeah. I don't see that button on my keyboard. Uh, and it was, uh, press X to uh, select character. I, I, we very nearly didn't play it because, you know, i thankfully was able to find my controller, but it was just, you know, it was going to be impossible to play.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you found it, though, because we, we had a good time. Um, and I assume we're going to play it some more
1: yeah uh, uh, it kinda, does have some fourth wall breaks and a lot of humor actually
0: yeah I really like the humor a lot of puns um yeah the Minotaur that you're chasing
1: constantly moves
0: yeah and he does he, um lots of like workout flex poses and there's one point
1: uh, where uh, he, uh, there's one point where the sniper asks how did we see he was flexing
0: yeah because <laughs> he, he calls you on your radio and like talks to you after you beat like the first Boss or the first mini boss. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what type of boss that fight counted as, but he calls you. He's like, "Hey, you guys did pretty good. Do you want to join me?" And you go through this whole com- cutscene conversation with him. And at the end, the sniper's like, "Wait a minute, how are we seeing him flexing?" And that was that was a good joke, good fourth wall mm-hmm. break. um But yeah, we were we laughed quite a bit. It was enjoyable. There don't seem to be any restrictions on movement that we found because we didn't like one hundred percent the first map. we went to check out like this other thing but then immediately came back and it didn't stop us from doing that so it appears that we could go back and grind and um or you know move forward Yeah, well well, whatever we failed
1: whenever we failed a couple times uh we still kept the gold that we picked up so you know it definitely encourages you know try try again
0: and speaking of that it it shares everything so if if one of us picks up a health pack The other one also gets health. Every time we pick up gold, the other person gets it too.
1: Um, Yeah, it's very uh, co-op friendly. Mm -hmm. Because some of these games that are co-op aren't very friendly with one another.
0: And I was doing a a quick minute of research because I asked this question when we were playing, um, can you mix local and online players at the same time? And you can. Um, So, you know, I could have three people playing on my machine or you know, and then you could also join us or it could be two and two or, you know, one, one and two. Like there's no limit to that except for the yeah, number four and of, zero. Yeah, it could be four and zero. You know, there's only four characters, so that's your limit. But, you know, you can have that combination in any way that you wish. And I thought that was very, very cool. It's. Well, what I mean, about it's small two and a thing. half
1: and one and a half? I suppose you could figure out how to do that. Maybe like... um uh let the cat uh handle the uh control uh the face buttons
0: yeah something like that but i mean that's i i think probably a relatively small feature but it's just like one of those things that's like oh that's nice cuz i have tried to play games in the in the past before that don't let you have a local player joining in an online multiplayer session it's like well fuck sorry buddy i guess we can just like pass the controller back and forth yeah um, back in in the days mostly when i used to play um stuff on console but i think it was gears of war were, the first gears of war wouldn't let you do that and one of the halos didn't let you do that and it, you know a few other games so that's a nice feature to see um for the people who w- who will utilize it i don't think that i we ever would maybe and katie would not play this game i don't know how Anita feels about these types of games but katie wouldn't she wouldn't care to play it i think she would give it a shot but
1: it's not her jam
0: yeah but um you know we had a we had a really good time i mean i 100 percent would recommend this game to someone who has game pass especially if you have people to play it with and i mean you know if you're listening to this the, the show and you wanted to play i would totally be down to play with you it's super easy to start your game um
1: and it's you one have of those what, like six it's, or seven different uh profiles
0: yeah, yeah, you can create a lot of different profiles, and the progress is separate for each of them. So, you know, we could just fire up a new profile, or could join. You know, I could join somebody or whatever. But, anyways, you know, um, super easy to to start up and play. If you get Game Pass, I would definitely recommend it. As for buying it, um, it's I think twenty bucks on Steam. Had it? Yeah, it's twenty bucks on Steam. Normally. That's a
1: little steep.
0: For me personally, I 100 percent think that's too much, but I also am not typically a big fan of this well,
1: genre.
0: Uh, okay, well here's by the thing.
1: All the way through, so I don't. All know right, if here's the thing. Oh, No, no, I, I was going to say, uh, if, if you, you have Rogue Legacy, it actually is sixteen dollars. Okay, I don't, so I don't have Rogue Legacy. They, they, they have a bundle of uh, Rogue Legacy Full Metal Furies, uh, and that's twenty percent off. So that's uh, ca- uh, you know knocking a few bucks off. And during a sale, that will go even further.
0: I, I feel like if I was just like looking at this and was gonna, you know, I'd maybe played it, but it wasn't on Game Pass, and I wanted to get it. I think I'd be willing to pay like ten bucks for it, um, to have to play with friends in co-op, and maybe five as like a solo play type game. So yeah, that's, that's the I thing.
1: Uh these um, multiplayer focused ones. Uh it's hard to really uh uh justify a high price for them because you you know, you have to sell multiple copies, usually. Because I think it's fair to say that online play is kind of the norm these days. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think no I'm I'm pretty positive you are correct. Um it 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 does run like Super smooth. I don't know how low a hardware you could go and play it, but I mean, with it being pixel art and for the most part, not a lot of crazy complex stuff on screen, um, I can't imagine that. Oh, let's put it this way on... the,
1: the minimum specs on Steam Windows 7, processor 2 gigahertz, uh, memory 2 gigs, a 88 GTS. HD 28, uh, or sorry, 2900 Pro or Intel HD 530, which those are damn old, huh? Yeah, and oh. 500 uh, megabytes of, uh, of uh, available space.
0: Wow, on the recommended GTX 285, that card's what 12 years old, 13 years old,
1: and GTX 20. Uh, yeah, I'm searching it right now. Uh, yeah, thank you, Google, for telling me January 15th, but not what year. Um, uh, 2009? 2009.
0: So, 11 years old? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's possible you could have a really rotten potato that wouldn't run it, but... Anything even remotely modern will not have a problem with this game.
1: Yeah, something from the past decade or so.
0: Yeah.
1: But to be fair, my computer is getting up there. Fair enough.
0: Computer's an old an old man or an old lady. Do you do you think of your your things as male or female?
1: I don't know. I never asked it. Fair. I never enough. assumed it. Fair enough. Uh, it it would be interesting to see uh, a full four-player co-op of this. Because I bet that would get a, a little nuts. It would get with, fucking uh, hectic.
0: Even with just the two of us, sometimes yeah, we'd like, yeah, oh, was like, those time. guys have got green shields, I can't do anything.
1: Yeah, there was a couple times I lost track of who I was. Because, I did, uh, uh, there was a couple times that uh, very similar sized characters.
0: Yeah. The one thing that I kept messing up was my like movement ability was a jump. And it was sometimes unclear if I was going to be able to jump over an obstacle or not. So I would go to jump, but I wouldn't get over the piece of scenery in the way. And so then I would fall down and get hit by... Yeah,
1: yeah, there's a couple times that it was a little bit cumbersome on what you were actually able to pass. I was never able to pass any of it. I didn't have... I had a dodge roll.
0: Yeah. Um, And then once I got the high jump, that was less of an issue. Just because I go so so high, I could clear most obstacles. But... With the normal jump, it was harder to tell. And then once I finally got the timing down on the counterattack, that was brilliant. That's how we survived that one boss fight that we kept getting killed on, was I uh. finally figured out the counterattack. So every time I would get charged by the, the bulls, I would even though they were invincible, I could counter. And when you counter, you get several frames of invincibility. So they would pass through me and wouldn't hurt me. 'Cause I that we kept getting stuck on that boss fight and going down. And then finally I figured it out I was like, Yes.
1: Woo-hoo! Yeah, there was only so, so much I could do. Uh the only thing I had was the dodge roll and it has a several second cooldown. Yeah. So if I dodge rolled the wrong way or dodge rolled and something else attacked me. Eh.
0: And the counter, I I was looking like reading through like the stuff on my moves. The counter can interrupt any other move that you're doing. So no matter what I was doing, unless I was in midair, I could counter and avoid damage. And once I figured that out in that boss fight, it was very satisfying to survive and finally beat that level. But overall, it's a lot of fun. It would be really crazy to see four-play multiplayer. I don't um, want to do it. Well, let's let's recruit. Dear listeners, those with game pass. That's what Jim and Cube, I think, has Game Pass. I know Jim does. Um,
1: Maybe Ghost Shark? hmm I don't know. I, I have to admit, I was kind of expecting to hear all about Tram Sim World this week.
0: I have been playing some other games. Um, which second Which, yeah, several, actually. But the only one I'm going to talk about tonight is uh, The Division 2 which I wasn't even going to talk about that this week. I was going to pick a different game out of my backlog Um, because I was trying to get together with Cube and Ghost to play it multiplayer and see what the multiplayer is like. And that randomly kind of happened, or not kind of it did, it randomly happened last night. I was going to play poker, which was the game I was going to talk about. Maybe I'll talk about that next week. I was going to play some poker, and I uh, turned on my computer at like 10.30, and they're both sitting in Discord playing the Division Two, and I'm like, all right, why not? I'll jump in and play for a little bit. So the Division Two, I mean, obviously a direct sequel to the Division One, that is better in every single way that I have noticed so far. Um, the it's a live service MMOE type third person shooter game set in a post. Uh, it, it's, uh, Oddly or what feels oddly um,
1: current. Uh, appropriate or inappropriate.
0: Yeah, it, it's a, like a post-contagion America. I don't know if it's wider world or not, but there was a terrorist attack on the United yeah, the States. Yeah, the dollar flu. Yeah, the dollar flu in the first game, which was spread on Black Friday, which killed, a in the first game, a ton of, of people basically shut down the city of New York And you're these guys called division agents that go into the city like you're activated by the president and you don't answer to anyone. And you're trying to solve this problem and put New York back together. The division two says, okay, the dollar flu mutated and spread. And also was there were further attacks on other major metropolitan areas in the United States. And basically the country is destroyed as we know it. It's the remnants of an America. And as far as I know, I haven't seen anything in the game that says, like, yes, the rest of the world has been affected or not. But uh, the second game takes place in Washington, D.C. Pretty much immediately after the tutorial, um, you go to D.C. And there's an assault on the White House and you save the White House and you're like, I mean, well, your character is silent, but you show up and they're like, oh, my God, a division agent. Yay, we're saved. And so begins the game. It's got a more intriguing story with actual characters um, and what feels like meaningful dialogue and events that happen. Because, I mean, in the first game, most of the story revolves around like, hey, go uh, into the sewers and turn the generators back on or fix the water pipes. And in this one, it's like we're rebuilding communities in the ruins of DC and um, trying to track down this guy who is, I think, the main sort of big bad guy. And he's got a bunch of different sort of titles in the game as you learn his story. But he's uh, like a U.S. Army colonel or maybe major that I'm not 100% sure what his rank was when he actually. uh, So he's
1: a model of a honor major general?
0: Yes, he is. But um, when he essentially changes sides and is like, no, I'm only out to protect my men. And he becomes like a, a dictator. Um, I think he's the big bad guy. There's some other stuff going on in the background. I'm about halfway through the story, or at least I'm halfway through the, the levels that are the leveling system. So I think I'm about halfway through the story. But um, he seems like the big bad. And then there's other factions and things going on. Um, But the story just in general feels like it's actually there this time instead of just being a loose collection of uh, fetch quests and area defense quests. So I think that's pretty neat. And then you get a little bit connected to these settlements. You get to watch them grow and improve and change as you complete their specific side quests and complete the main missions and see the world change, which is nice. I mean, it's not like, you know, A++ you know, like story material that's going to go down in history, but it's, it's there and it's pretty solid. Like it feels like a good, like B minus story. Um, it feels like what the call of duty stories used to feel like up until uh, black ops. And like, you know, it, it feels pretty on par with the modern warfare one and modern warfare two stories for people who are, are familiar with those games. Um, they've added a lot of new abilities and variations to the abilities in the game. So in the first division, I believe there were four. And in this one, there's eight. Um, there, several of them are drone based. Like there's one that's like, um, a recon drone that can also drop ordnance. There's a, basically just a drone with a machine gun on it. And it has a couple of other variants. As you do. There's the turret drone. Um, and what's the other drone? Oh, there's like a new like healing pod drone. And it's called, I think, like the hive. And it looks like a, a weird little beehive that launches a bunch of tiny drones that heal teammates. And then I think it's got one that can hurt enemies as well. There's the 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 right shield is back. Um, the I mean the turret the turret is the same as from the first game. There's the seeker mine, which is like a little rolly ball. Um, and then one i'm forgetting oh the ordinance launcher which shoots like grenades like special specialty grenades they can either help your allies or hurt enemies based on which one you choose so every every one of these abilities has got three or four variants depending on what it is and whenever you unlock the ability you get to choose whichever one you want and then as you collect or as, as you complete missions and level up and explore the world you get these um other points that you can spend to upgrade your character's abilities, so you can unlock the new stuff or you can give yourself things like more inventory, better like scan radius for collectible materials and things like that. So, it's it's got that upgrade system. One of I, I everybody's sort of biggest complaint with the first division was how bullet spongy the enemies felt. Um I I will say just to sort of help anyone listening maybe understand my position on this. It didn't bother me. Um It's a video game. I can accept that that enemies are going to be a little bit bullet spongy, but in this one they don't feel as spongy. Like the normal enemies go down fast as long as you are using a weapon at or close to your level. Um, I mean, you're killing enemies.
1: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying you're you're killing enemies with like a single headshot,
0: or with like a single shotgun blast to the chest. Like the normal enemies go down like that. I, right, think the, the, I
1: think the I think the big thing about the bullet sponginess wasn't that they were bullet spongy, but it was immersion breaking. Yeah, you, know, you had random uh guy, no armor, no nothing, tank four or five headshots and not go down. Yeah. That makes it feel a lot worse, even though it may be the same amount of damage overall. Yeah. But for, for at least the normal enemies,
0: that's not really a thing anymore i mean if you use like a level one gun and you're in like a level 15 area yeah you're not going to kill anybody no matter how many times you shoot them at least with that attitude but um you know if you're using a weapon pretty close to your level then you won't have that issue and then the the upper sort of tiers of enemies there's like two or three tiers above like a standard enemy and there might be some more that i just haven't encountered yet Mm -hmm. um they start to get a little more difficult, but also they do a much better job of representing like, okay, this guy is like, like the, there's a, like a, a guy at like tier three, like a yellow enemy. It's got like a big ass minigun and he's wearing a full suit of like hardened body armor. Like it, it looks a lot like the type of blast suits that um, explosive ordnance guys wear when they're disarming bombs. So it's like, okay, I get it. Like this guy is like covered in armor. So it, I think it helps a lot with that. There is though the ordnance launcher has got a thing called an acid round, which basically just eats that stuff up within one or two shots, and then they're like a normal enemy. You can it makes killing the the boss enemy super easy. But anyways, I I don't really feel like that's much of a problem anymore. It makes a lot more sense from like, okay, this guy is wearing armor. You know, maybe he shouldn't still be able to take, you know, twenty rounds to the chest or whatever. But You know, he's wearing armor, so I can suspend my disbelief a little bit easier. There's better weapon variety, both in terms of actual weapons. Um, There are, I mean, the the Division uses real-world weapons, but there are more of them in the Division 2. And also there are more special weapons that are named and come with, like, custom um, weapon skins on them. Um, And you do get weapon and armor skins that can pretty much be applied across the board. There's some, like, specific Fancy schmancy ones in the microtransaction store because, of course, there's one. It's a Ubisoft game. Um, and the well, kind of I would say boxes it's a, it's because a, of
1: course there are. It's a, I was going to say it's a, a AAA game released in the current year. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that
1: bullshit is there. I so far haven't felt
0: like it has negatively impacted my game. Obviously, if you're someone who cares about all of the cosmetic stuff a lot more, it certainly will. Because that's where the biggest majority of all of your cosmetic items come from. I have found a few things in the world, like cool sunglasses or a cute scarf or whatever. But, I mean, all of the cool, coolest looking stuff is in the loot boxes and microtransaction shop.
1: Because, of course, they are.
0: Yeah. Um, I've gotten a decent amount of weapon skins without having to get any. And so far, every skin I've gotten can be applied to any weapon. Um, so that one hasn't really been too, too bad. Personally, I don't like a lot of the weapon skins that are the really expensive, like fancy ones in the shop. So I haven't even been tempted, but I mean, that's, you know, taste is subjective.
1: So I'm yeah. And really... let's be honest. Uh, you do not have the standard taste. That is true. Um, now, if there was an Aeromorph skin now, oh boy.
0: The skin that I use all the time is one that's like, I forget what its name is, but it basically looks like cotton candy swirl. That's what I use on all of my weapons. Two thumbs up. But uh, let's see, weapons. Oh, the upgrade system is a lot better now. Basically, you get a weapon upgrade and you can just apply it to any weapon that it fits. And in the first one, it was like, okay, I've got a level 10 barrel attachment that fits shotguns and all of that shit's gone now it's just like you unlock weapon attachments um either through completion of side missions or as just one of the straight up upgrades cuz you can as like a quote skill uh unlock one basic upgrade for that fits almost every weapon so you can get like a scope that fits almost every weapon and a, a foregrip that fits almost every weapon and um you know a, a muzzle break that can fit almost every weapon like that. So they're not like the best upgrades, but they're pretty universal. And the, But all of these weapon attachments and upgrades that you get, you just have them once you unlock them. So any weapon that they fit, you can apply them to. So that really simplifies and streamlines that whole system. Because the first one, if you forgot to unequip a weapon attachment and you dismantled or sold the weapon, the attachment was gone. And you're like, well, fuck. But now that doesn't matter. Which I like. Um, and then multiplayer... The multiplayer is a lot better than in the first one. It does level scaling a lot better. Um, When we played last night, I was the lowest level character um, and cube was the highest, but it basically just brings everyone's power level in line with the highest level person. And so I wasn't struggling or falling behind at all. Like in the mission comparisons, like at the end, I was right in line with him for like damage dealt and, um, you know, the amount of damage soaked and, Things like that, so I didn't feel useless. And in the first division, if you were more than maybe two levels below the person, the scaling just didn't work right, and you didn't feel powerful at all. It it, it sucked pretty hardcore. Um, the game is certainly playable single player. The first division was as well. This one is a lot better single player but i mean where it's you know it's designed to be a multiplayer game it's a lot better multiplayer than single player but if you're sort of out there listening thinking about getting it um because the price is still reduced i bought it when it was on sale for something like three dollars as a promotion for their new uh dlc which takes you back to new york i did not buy the dlc just the base game but it's it right now it's still on sale um for, I think, half off of its uh, normal price. If you're on the fence about buying it, um, I mean, one, we have a, a VGO podcast clan that I started because why the hell not? Um, you could join that and jump in with any of us who are playing. But also, it's completely 100% playable single player. Up until last night, I had played through level 14 or 15 single player and haven't really struggled. I mean, it's it's not like it's super easy. I don't want to say that it's like, I don't think it's super difficult, but it's also not like just a piece of cake. Like there's there's been a couple times I've died, a few times where I've gotten downed, and I just happen to have an appropriate skill that can help me out and get me back. Um, but if you're keeping your gear at or very close to the level that you're at, um, you know, maybe one level behind, it shouldn't be an issue. And once you unlock weapon crafting, that just scales with you. So, if you don't find something you want to use for a couple of levels, just go craft a weapon that you want. They're, they have good stats and they're leveled to you. And crafting materials are fucking everywhere. I haven't ran out of anything. So, all in all, it's a very solid game. I mean, if, if you are interested in playing or if you own it maybe and you, you want to come back to it, I think it's a good time to. I've enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I didn't buy it when it went stupid cheap because I had so many performance troubles with the other one. Yeah.
0: Oh, performance. Um, aside from... So the the first game was set in the winter. This one is set in, in either the spring or the summer. So there are more varied sort of climate type areas. Um, I mean, it's Washington, D.C., so it's not like it varies wildly between like desert to jungle. But it's very temperate. And for the most part, I haven't noticed any performance issues unless it gets foggy. Typically after it rains, if it rains at nighttime and then you come into the morning, it gets really foggy. And that causes a lot of problems. It took me a while to tweak my settings to get it to where that when it got foggy, it wouldn't just tank my FPS to 30 or less.
1: Yeah, uh, the previous game, there was one particular street that I just could not do because it was both snowy, foggy and there was fire it would just you know, frank uh it would turn to a slideshow and also yeah. what really got me whenever they had a free like weekend or week uh, play tom uh was one of the story missions where you go into a uh mall and the firefighters were there and everything was on fire and the longer you're on that mission the more fire there was and the more fire the worse my frame rate got to the point that it was horrendous
0: yeah i haven't noticed anything quite like that uh, although you know i'm only level 15 i've only explored about half the map um, i got a little bit more of that playing last night cuz i just tagged along on their missions um but so far i haven't run into anything that major I also, though, didn't experience a lot of the performance hiccups you did with the first one, so I'm assuming that was because you have AMD CPU and I have an Intel CPU. Yeah, this or, one, just,
1: like, uh, or my CPU is just
0: too old. Possibly. This one, though, is like whenever the game launches, it's like AMD optimized or whatever, so that I don't know if that would help or not. I guess it depends on how good of a job they did, but... Yeah, overall solid game. Definitely worth like the three dollars stupid cheap price tag, and if you got a group of friends to play with, I think it's worth like the ten. I feel pretty similar to it the way I do about Borderlands. It's fun to play by yourself, especially in short bursts. But when you've got other people with you, it's a whole other animal in a good way. So. That's going to do it for games that we played this week. Um, yeah, we ended up going a lot longer
1: than I expected on that. How about you?
0: Yeah, we did spend a good deal of time chatting beforehand, though. 15 minutes or so before we even start yeah, talking about Yeah, some of that games. can
1: be frankened as well.
0: Um, but our first news topic of the night, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn hits Steam this summer. The news itself is pretty straightforward. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, a previously PlayStation exclusive game, uh, is coming to PC, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, I have wanted to play Horizon Zero Dawn, but I don't own a PS4. But got me to thinking about, or us, I suppose, thinking about this um, is Sony finally going to start opening up a lot of its exclusives to come to PC? Because Sony and Nintendo are kind of the two um, holdouts for that. I mean, Xbox has basically gone, all right, fuck it. You want our games on PC? Go for it. And a lot of PC games have came to Switch. So I mean, Nintendo is a little bit more integrated into the PC market than Sony is. Um, but Sony, is it feels like they're dipping their toes in.
1: Yeah, which this isn't a first-party game, by the way. This was developed by Gorilla Games. Uh, I don't think they are a Sony studio. I could be wrong on that, though. I gotta admit that. Uh oh uh, no, no, it is ho- owned wholly, uh, 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 based in Amsterdam, Netherlands. It is wholly owned uh, subsidiary of Sony Entertainment. So, uh, cor- uh, correction on that, it is a first-party game technically. Yeah. I was going to
0: say, I'm pretty sure it was a first-party game. It was
1: maybe a PS4 launch title. It was a PS4 launch title or close to it. I just I got to admit, I don't follow a lot of Sony stuff or PlayStation stuff because it rarely comes to PC, if ever. So, yeah, I just never really paid attention to it. So, I honestly don't know a lot about Guerrilla Games. I think they've also done Killzone. Um, I'm pulling up their...
0: Uh, site before, but I think Really Games is, is who's made Killzone, or at least the most recent couple of Killzone games. Oh my god, their website is terrible.
1: I just yeah. I should just look at this up on Wikipedia. Yeah, it's they, they they make games, not websites. That is very true. Yeah. Okay. So they make Horizon Zero Dawn, Rigs MCL. What is that?
0: I think that's a sports esports game.
1: Well, let's put it this way: uh, as Guerrilla Games, uh, this was the first non-Killzone game they've made since 2004. Yeah, and then yeah, Killzone. So, which honestly, I don't know much about Killzone because, once again, Killzone's a PlayStation exclusive, has been yeah. for forever, I guess, for 16 years.
0: Yeah, um, I quite like Killzone. It's a very good first-person shooter. I've played. Some of the older ones on uh, PS3. Um, I may have even played one on PS2. I can't remember that one or not. But Killzone is a good sci-fi first-person shooter series. Killzone has been for a while sort of Sony's like beginning iteration, Like, hey, look at what our machine can do. I think it was Shadows Fall was the one that came out on like the first one on PS4. And they were like, wow, look at all of the effects that we can do now with... PS4, isn't it cool? And I heard Shadow's Fall was overall a, a piece of garbage, but I have not played Shadow's Fall. Anyways, uh, Sony has got a large library of exclusives that I have been interested in for a long time, going all the way back to, you know...
1: Well, the most recent one I can think is of probably. is uh, Spider-Man, of
0: course. Yep, Spider-Man. There is Horizon Zero Dawn, which I've been interested in. Um, there is the, which I think Detroit was already coming to PC before yeah. this.
1: Yeah, but Detroit, I mean, Detroit, Detroit was uh, already coming to PC, so. Um, Gran Turismo has been, always
0: been a PlayStation
1: exclusive. Yeah, that's like uh, the definitive simulator for uh, consoles, isn't it, these days?
0: Yeah, it, it, for a while, it and Forza were kind of battling back and forth, but... Forza has kind of gone off on... The, the, the mainline Forza series has kind of gone off the deep end with uh, trying to do live service microtransaction yeah. bullshit, bullshit. And as far as I know, Gran Turismo has remained, I don't know, pure? Quote, unquote, pure? But I mean, I am a big fan of the Gran Turismo series. I have been for a long time. It was one of the first hardcore racing games, sim racing games I ever played. And it yeah, has Damn license me. challenges. I did always hate the license challenges
1: but um
0: so gran turismo um there's a lot of yeah, that's the
1: thing i can't it's tough for me to really think of a lot of them uh, i'm excited for it but like i said i whenever i'm looking at stuff on like e3 i see playstation exclusive or coming to playstation i just kind of zone out because you know Nine times out of ten, I don't even have a chance to play it on PC, let alone yo. It know, actually coming to PC.
0: Yeah, well, there's also God of War, and um, the God of War series is PlayStation exclusive. Um, there's what is it, Bloodborne? Is I mean, I don't really want to play that, but you know, sort of the Dark Souls esque game that was exclusive to PS4. Uh huh. Um, the Infamous series. Has been PlayStation exclusive? Um, they recently redid Ratchet and Clank. I can't remember if that was a remaster or if they're actually making new ones, but I've played the older Ratchet and Clank games. Quite like those. Um, Killzone, which we kind of talked about. The Last of Us and Uncharted are both PlayStation exclusive games. Or PlayStation exclusive series. Yeah. A lot of the Yakuza games are PlayStation exclusives. I know that there's a few that are on, or a Yeah, well, they're sl-
1: well, they're slowly coming out to uh, PC as they get remastered. Uh, there's rumors that the ones that have been remastered will eventually come to PC, but mm. yeah, rumors yeah. are one thing, right? Yeah, oh, because the, hey, uh, Fallout 76 was rumored to be a good game at one point. That is true.
0: Um, but the, the Persona series, which I personally am interested in and I followed for a while, but again, it's PlayStation exclusive. Kingdom Hearts, uh, some of the Kingdom Hearts stuff is on Game Boy, like the weird, yeah, uh, titles, but yeah, not all the main yeah, games,
1: yeah. Kingdom Hearts is one of those, those series that, uh, yes, it's up to three mainline titles, uh, but it has like 70 uh, titles overall if you want to know the entire story or pretend to know it.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's all I can think of. But I mean, there's like off the top of my head. If I went and looked at a list, or maybe spent some time thinking about it, I could probably come up with a few more. But I mean, there are a lot of PlayStation exclusives that I have been interested in. But I didn't own a PS3. I I I had a buddy who had one in college, and we were in the same dorm, so I did play a decent amount of of PS3 games. But I mean, I, I don't own a PS4. I've completely skipped that generation of of consoles. I'm not going to buy one at this point. So all of those exclusives, I will have missed, but I have been interested in them from either playing previous games on in a series and other consoles or just you know by being uh, in the know in the game industry, seeing things and being like, man, I'd love to play that, especially on my PC.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't uh, really offer a lot to the discussion here because like I said, I kind of zone out and just, I focus on things I actually have a chance of playing. Well, I mean, that's what's got
0: me pretty, you know, kind of perked my ears up on this, because with, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn being a PlayStation exclusive, coming to PC, I'm assuming this is sort of a test the waters experience, and they're going to see how well it does. And I'm hoping for the potential of further PlayStation exclusives coming to PC. I mean, that, that only continues to strengthen the value of PC gaming. If all the major console players are like, fine. The Even if it's eventually,
1: because here's the thing is that Horizon Zero Dawn is coming as a complete edition, so you have all the DLC as well. And honestly, it really pays to be a patient gamer these days because uh, you get past all the launch bullshit, all the launch uh, bugs, because let's be honest... It's more often than not, there's going to be some sort of major glitch or major bug in a AAA game. Because they're at the point now where, ah, we'll patch it live. We'll do it live! Yeah.
0: I, I think it's always paid off to be a patient gamer. I mean, but one more thing so that than I... usual. Yeah. I, I was genuinely thinking about buying a PS4, like you know whenever the ps5 comes out and a bunch of people like sell their ps4s and you get those big like library collections on ebay i was mm-hmm. i was thinking about maybe you know going down that route and getting a ps4 for those these exclusives but if they bring their old exclusives or at this point old exclusives to pc i don't need to do that <laughs> so and i mean really it's a smart move for them because they would make they're going to make money off of people like me who want to play the exclusives, but are not going to buy the hardware new or the software new. So, you know, they can at least make something by selling me the game.
1: Yeah. How I many were, like I said, just at the point where uh, I don't even buy stuff new. I just get stuff on Humble Bundle. I wait for Steam sales. Uh, uh, you know, hell, the Game Passes uh, really dipped up. We wanted to get things fairly uh close to release now. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at Steam sales right now and uh there's the big band publisher sale that has a lot of good stuff right now. So a lot of trash as well, let's be perfectly honest, but it just uh, unless there there's a particular reason that you have to be in, you know, fairly short after uh launch or in the early access area, just, yeah, you know, wait. Unless yeah. You, have, you really want to support a game uh, for some reason. Like, it. well, I would say Carbo is probably a good example of that. You know, a niche game or something odd that you just, you know, have to have and you want to see uh, uh, through, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, I buy more games closer to new than you do, but their titles... Like, stuff that's very niche that I'm into, like, most recently, like, Transport Fever 2, you know, I bought that, like, brand new because I didn't get a review key, which was fine, they didn't, you know. But I bought that brand new because I genuinely wanted to play it, and I've put, I don't know, 50 or 60 hours into it since I bought it, like, you know. But a brand new sort of niche or indie PC title is... You know, $30 or $40 instead of $60 or $70 or $200, depending on, you know, what special edition you want to get.
1: So, yeah, I'm just scrolling through my Steam uh, purchases and I'm trying to find the last game I bought at full price. And I'm not seeing it.
0: (laughs) Probably the last game I bought at full price actually was Battletech. Because I still got a discount ba- on Transport Fever 2 for owning the previous one. Yeah, I guess Battletech would be it for me
1: as well. Because there's... I'm just kind of scrolling through, like I said. i having some fun with it. Yeah. I guess Battletech would be it for me as well. Which, that was even full price. That was... Well, we got it uh the day of release, so we still got the pre-order discount. But reviews were out, and we were able to download pretty much instantly. I remember source correctly. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I I consider myself like an oasis gamer. You know, I I wait till I get a big discount and I load up. Yeah. I used to do or, that a or, lot more, or do humble bundle that sort of thing, or uh, honestly. uh... Uh, The uh, Twitch uh, prom stuff uh, has been pretty good to me. I mean, it's just, yeah, so uh, many different things uh, to get games through, right? It's just, right?
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm looking, too, at my history, and it's like a lot of, like, stuff during Steam sales. A lot of stuff during Steam sales. Transport Fever 2, pretty close to full, but yeah, it's been a long time since I've bought a brand, like a straight up brand new game, even without any kind of discount on it at all. But I mean, I have more recently, and I I think I've talked about this on the show before. I know I've talked about it to you. Like more recently, I've been like, I just have so many like junk games in my library that if i really want to play a game i'm willing to spend more money on it because i know don't play it and enjoy it and so i've done that a bit more the last uh last year or so last couple of years i've been yeah. doing good on my uh beat at least 12 games in 12 months so far i've beaten three and we're in march so i'm i'm ahead I've eaten three games so far this year. Game Club kind of helps
1: because stacking, stacking was pretty easy to get through. Yeah, Uh, I wouldn't say it was easy to get through because towards the end, yeah, it it was quick but not easy. Ugh. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, I think that probably uh, fairly well encapsulates my thoughts on this topic. Um. So our second news topic. Able Gamers 2020 Pay-to-win Charity Community Tournament is
1: coming up. Yeah, um, this that's... is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, so, you want to take this one? For a minute? Yeah, so there is a charity tournament coming up uh, that they're encouraging donations and if uh, people donate, they're able to contribute to the battle and send in units and send in resources uh, while uh, I think it's major streamers are playing uh, Total Annihilation. I mean, it's an interesting way to try to generate uh, uh, some extra donations because you know it could they could get a person that has a big fan base behind someone and try to screw over somebody else. Uh, they, uh, well, not this particular group, but it, it kind of reminds me of games done quick where. They enable donation goals for joke or uh, uh, gimmicky runs. So, you know, like $25,000, and uh, they'll play Mike Tyson's punch out blindfolded. And yes, that's a thing, by the way. That's fun. It is fucking amazing. That's what it is. Uh, So, seeing... The donations tied directly to gameplay is an interesting way to do it. Where, let's say, you, the spectators, have the ability to donate units to the player of your choice live as you watch the battle unfold, uh, give an underdog a second chance, drop a titan in the middle of a rampaging horde, or just throw down a load of nuclear missiles to watch the world burn. Literally. And it's for the Able's Gamers char- uh, charity, which, yeah. Uh, being a cripple myself, you know, I uh, definitely have a little bit of a soft spot for her as well, which is why I put it on here. Right, and I like the idea. I think it's a fun idea. Um, yeah, it's, uh, they say sixteen veterans of this uniquely uh, cataclysmic uh, real-time strategy will skirmish uh, in a series of chaotic free-for-all battles. So it uh, sounds like people from the community as well. Yeah, I'm st- I'm still holding a grudge
0: against you, Kyle. Fucking planetary annihilation. Slamming a meteor, or was it a moon? And on my goddamn planet, the first game I'd ever played. Fuck you, Kyle. I love you, but fuck you.
1: I think it's been two years. And this is why I do not play years. RTS games against Kyle.
0: So, I, I'm going to hold that grudge until I die or forget because I have Alzheimer's. It's on, motherfucker. Wait, what are we doing? <laughs> Exactly. Um I don't I I don't know if I have much more to to say. It's a cool idea. It's fun. It's neat. I'd like to see more stuff like this on a regular basis like but I don't I don't really know how much more I can contribute to that
1: discussion or just see interesting twist on charity stream ideas. Like uh another uh, interesting one I've seen is the Desert Bus for Hope. Mhm. Uh, which, for those who don't know, uh, back in the '90s, the magic duo Pin and Teller were making a uh, essentially a mini game compilation, and uh, it a prototype for it was released or, or sorry leaked at one point after the fact. It was going to be for the Sega CD and just never took off. And the game that uh, was most functional or was called Desert Bus. Which was a shot actually at Hillary Clinton, if memory serves correctly, that said that, uh, why don't they have games about real jobs? Uh, Basically in the middle of the Mortal Kombat uh, hysteria of the early 90s. So it is a driving simulator from uh, 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 Phoenix, Arizona, or uh, or, uh, somewhere in Arizona through the desert, to Las Vegas. In real time. And it's something like 10 to 12 hours. And the bus slightly leans to the right. There's no music. Uh, Occasionally, there'll be a bug that flies on the windshield and gets smashed. And
0: And if your bus breaks down, or you'd go off the road and crash... Like, I mean, it's not like a massive crash, but it's like your bus kind of breaks down. A tow truck tows you back to wherever it is in Arizona in real time. No, you actually
1: have to wait in real time first. Oh, right. And then it tows you back in real time. And then if you get to Las Vegas, you get one point and you turn around and go back. Mm Mm-hmm. And people turn this deliberate joke of a game into a charity stream. And actually have fun with it as well, where there's they hand off uh, the bus to different drivers, and just have a bunch of fun with it. And yeah, having odd things like that that makes uh, the charity streams a lot more interesting to me. And things like awesome games done quick, or uh, or or the uh, it's the either the winter variant or the summer variant. I can't remember which, uh, but. Having a, a, essentially various games, both popular and not, speed ran uh, is uh, another good example of it where they have different goals and they uh, encourage uh, people to try to alter the speed runs through uh, different donation goals. Like, uh, like I mentioned, have uh, essentially blindfolded runs or uh, have to do uh, do some sort of gimmicky trick or. Uh, some sort of side objective gets unlocked. Uh, the Pokemon uh, games are famous for this for glitch uh, uh, showcases and that sort of thing. And, and yeah. yeah, just have uh, fun with it, show off different things, and make it entertaining for the crowd to generate more income for the charities. And this is a novel way to do it of having uh, literally pay to win. <laughs> So uh, I I'd, I hope uh, that there's some sort of highlights uh, later on of uh, what happened because uh, oh it oh it did happen a few days ago or, or the qualifying event was a few days ago um uh, with the made event coming up this weekend uh of the day after the podcast release. Uh, uh Saturday, March 14th, 2020. So that'll be interesting, and I hope that I see some sort of highlight reel or something uh, out there, because it could be either fun or it could kind of fall on its face, and I hope that it does something uh, fun, even though I do have a bit of a grudge about planetary knowledge as well because of what they pulled with releasing a different version. Yeah, it, It's for charity, so I'm able to let go of that for now. Yeah.
0: Very, very nice of you.
1: Yeah, he'll um, get used to it. <laughs> okay. Now get off my fucking lawn.
0: I, I won't get used to it. All right. Um, I would like to potentially offer you a choice, because it's midnight. Would you uh, like discovery to do... Q. Okay, I was going to say general topic or
1: discovery queue. Yeah, discovery queue I think will be a lot more fun, especially with what I have queued up.
0: All right, so we will save this general topic perhaps for another day when there's not much going on. Yeah, well, and,
1: well we're coming up to potentially uh, the season where we get a lot of uh, conferences, but who knows? Because you know, everybody's shutting down everything because of the coronavirus. Yeah, E
0: three was basically falling apart anyways, and so was I think GDC. But yeah, I, then, I wonder if this
1: will be what kills off a uh e3 the coronavirus right well that'll put one positive death in the coronaviruses
0: <laughs> you know however many thousands of people that it ultimately winds up
1: taking uh that we will have, to set have through gotten the, e3 we will have to set through another goddamn uh ea com, uh, conference
0: yeah fuck you ea why can't the coronavirus take your company collectively not the people most of the workers probably all of the general employees are fine but get the the company and maybe like the ceo probably going to hell for that i'm just i'm gonna stop talking
1: before we do yeah we had view, no emails we had uh the no tweets so if you was to uh rectify that vgl podcast at gmail.com or vgrpodcast podcast on the twitter So, doobly-doo, Discovery Q, and like I said, I had one amazing one immediately on my Discovery Q. Okay. Broomstick League. Rocket League meets Quidditch. Ooh. This looks fucking amazing, and I hope that it gets a player base, because it's early access right now. It's not quite Quidditch, it's just literally the Harry uh, Potter-esque theme on Rocket League. Uh, but it looks like it's a little bit more offensive than what uh, Rocket League is, with uh, wizards being able to shoot uh, spells at one another and be able to uh, essentially Harry Potter ask uh, a uh, fly brooms around. It looks, like I said, amazing, but does it have the player base? Because it released five days ago, and this is the first I've heard of it, and you know, I would think that you know, we would have heard something about this, right?
0: Yeah, I haven't hadn't heard anything about it until you just mentioned it
1: here. Yeah, it, it sounds neat. like yeah, it looks like there's a player base issue right now, but it's also early access, so who knows? It, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I mean, watching some of this, uh, the gameplay is fucking cool.
0: Well, speaking of fucking. Oh boy! I got a game called Cloud Meadow. I'm just reading this: Equal Parts Farming Simulator RPG and Visual Novel. Cloud Meadow is an erotic game about learning to work with monstrous allies in order to build a new home and explore uncharted lands. So, like, oh, now, okay. I'm gonna remove the link because of nudity in the screenshots. I'll let you go look at yeah. that. I missed.
1: Yeah, yeah. I missed a couple. How, of them.
0: how did you miss that? Well, I mean, I'm, the giant orc tits were fine. Though it it went past the one on the sofa. And then there's another one where the breasts are exposed. I don't know, sorry. That's that's full on sex. So, uh, let's see. I'm hoping for like a combination of like a little bit of like Stardew because there's like what looks like some farming, although you know, I don't know how in depth it's going to get, but a little bit of Stardew, a little bit of like a JRPG light. And then, visual novel sexy
1: time. I'm all for that. All for those things. Well, I got another visual novel. Not as sexy, but kind of interesting. Or at least I would consider this somewhat visual novel-esque. Murder by the numbers. Solve pixel puzzles to find clues with some visual novel aspects in between. Uh, so it's a pick cross to unlock clues to be able to try to solve murders in, I believe, Los Angeles. Yeah, Los Angeles in 1996. So interesting, and also looks like a bit of a sci fi twist on it as well. So interesting combination of things, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, it beats uh, the uh, hidden puzzle uh, or hidden uh, picture things, right?
0: Yeah. So I got Garfield Kart, which is uh, Mario Kart style yeah, it's not racing good. <laughs> with uh, Garfield. It's got very positive reviews. I, are because they good
1: reviews? Yeah, it, it's, it basically was, ba- was a bad rex for a time. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it it doesn't look good, but I mean, how could I pass up putting Garfield Cart Furious Racing in the Discovery Queue list? I'm gonna mark that one as ignore.
1: Well, I got another interesting one. After getting a uh, one that was Sexy Times that honestly didn't look good, My Hero wants Justice Two. Which doesn't sound like much, but it is the second uh, My Hero Academia fighting game. So, th- uh, 3D fighting arena with uh, characters from My Hero Academia, which... Uh, if you haven't followed that anime, it... Well, we actually need to go back and finish watching season 3. Yeah, yeah. and then I've
0: got the uh, the movie... Yeah, that, that's between uh, season three and four, or between season two and three. Yeah, something that's like that. Wherever something. it goes, I've got the, I've got it ripped. So we need to get yeah. back on that right, too. But
1: anyway, uh, they have some very creative and oddball powers. Like, uh, there's one girl that literally is like half frog, or f- very frog-like. Keto. Thank you. Thank you, Froppy. Uh, uh the main protagonist uh to be honest there's like several protagonists but they're uh, a, like a core group uh the uh, uh main character uh is uh essentially becoming like superman-esque uh, as his powers uh manifest uh not yeah Full on Superman, where he has literally any power he needs, but uh, yeah, super strength, super fast. Uh, but he also is very Batman-esque, where he uh, thinks things through and uh, is constantly planning. Uh, there, there's a lot of interesting characters, and I really recommend at least going to check out the anime. And if you're an inter- and if you're a fan of 3D fighting arenas, check out this, or uh, well, at least the first one. The second one's not out yet.
0: Yep. So um okay. So I got State of Decay 2 Juggernaut Edition which a few months ago I played State of Decay 2 on Xbox Game Pass. This is uh, it's coming to Steam and it looks like just reading through this that it has all of the DLC. It's like it's you know like like a gold edition or game of the year edition or whatever. They're just calling it the Juggernaut Edition. It looks like it has the DLC and then it's added some other stuff like Chinese language support, which apparently wasn't in it. Um, and it's talking about like some different stuff for new players um, that isn't in the other version. So I don't, I don't know what that is, but I mean, I I liked State of Decay too. Um, you could go back and find the episode to listen to that if you want my full thoughts on the game. But in general, it's a, just a straight improvement over the first State of Decay. Very good, very enjoyable. Um, definitely worth a buy. Um, looks like it's going to be $30 to get it. And for all the DLC, I think it would probably be worth that. Um, it can certainly be enjoyed in multiplayer, but I played it entirely in single player. And I feel like I got 25 or $30 of enjoyment out of playing it on Game Pass. So Game Pass does not have all of the DLC, though so that's kind of the difference in the two versions if you want everything you might want to buy it on steam if you don't care about that but you want to play it game pass super cheap my friends super cheap all right okay
1: i got victory road victory road is a boxing simulator that uniquely puts you in the role of the coach not the boxer as a coach you're the fate of your boxer's career and potentially his life is in your hands so, uh, sort of Punch Club-esque, but looks like they're actually making it kind of fun. Uh, I know that sounds you know, horrible of me to say about Punch Club, but Punch Club was either very grundy or super easy, depending on what uh, mode you're playing in. Mm-hmm. And this year, you're uniquely playing the coach and not the boxer, so you're on the sideline yelling advice instead of trying to set up a strategy or a... Or uh, setting a set strategy. Uh, it's an interesting uh, take on it. It's in early access right now. It's $19, I think. Uh, it's a little hard to read that. Uh, they're crossed out because it's on a release sale. Um, but they've been working on the game for over three years now. And it looks interesting. It has sort of this... Late... Uh, NES early SNES uh, feel for it uh, graphically mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting like I said uh, it, 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 I think it's the fact that Punch Club was kind of a disappointment because they focused so much on being almost mobile-esque in its gameplay having uh, something that could be a little bit more simulation-esque where you're happy to worry about uh, the nutrition as well working on a uh, Uh, exercise routines and stuff like that where it's more of a focus on gameplay over story narrative I I would say it's worth checking out at least cool Uh, my next one Iris and the
0: Giant Um, it says it's a fusion of CCG RPG and roguelike genres so I don't know if that sounds good or like a mess to you, but it's got a very interesting, unique art style. It feels very like... Uh, what's the ancient culture I'm reaching for here? So South American, like uh, Mexica... Incan. Or Incan, yeah. Um, I've never seen anything like this. I'm, there yeah, might be any episodes that exist, but I've never seen anything like it. Looks very cool. Um, so... It looks interesting. Uh, it's eighteen bucks. Deluxe edition is twenty. It comes with a soundtrack.
1: Okay, I'm gonna put a battle royale game on here. Uh, okay. it's a free to play battle royale game, but it's essentially a bomber man battle royale game. Okay, bomber grounds battle royale where you're playing bomber men, bomber people. And you're trying to just survive uh, to get the Victory Royale or whatever. I mean, it's an interesting take on it. We've uh, seen Battle Royale out the wazoo, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen a Bomberman one, so that could be interesting. But we don't really see a lot of Bomberman stuff these days, do we? No,
0: which is sad because I really like Bomberman. I think there was one game that was basically Bomberman, called something like Bombing Bastards or something like that. Yeah, I kind of remember that.
1: I mean, looking at the trailer, it does have a very Bomberman esque feel, and it looks like instead of a closing ring, uh, essentially the world's kind of dropping away one t- uh, ring of tolls at a time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's definitely Bomberman uh, gameplay. So yeah, is it it is. Yep. Like, free to play. It uh, is. I free to play. Said free to play. So. Oh, I missed you saying that. I might check this out, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I've never encountered this uh, uh, developer before, Giant Duck Games.
0: <laughs> I I have said before that I don't think that battle royale is necessarily like it's a genre. It's a tool that can be used to, to yeah. Uh, the a thing is, it's, uh, it's been it's, done very lazily. It's basically yeah. It's been done over and over again on third person and to some extent first person shooters and that's it but the battle royale games that i found the most interesting are ones like whatever the tetris one was tetris uh, Trek,
1: or yeah uh, t- uh i know what you're talking about uh uh shoot i'm blanking on the damn name of it it was a switch exclusive for a long time and i think it's gone mobile
0: yeah i didn't know that it got mobile i've check that uh, out but i think it did uh, but the Tetris Battle Royale game was really interesting and a unique kind of take on it. Tetris 99. Tetris 99, okay. In yeah, this... I mean,
1: technically Battle Royale, but not uh, kinda.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think that you need, that, that like with many things that become genres, we need to broaden our definition of it a little bit.
1: Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, and it is going mobile. They said that i beta was supposed to be available last year, but I never heard about that. Uh, But he also changed the name to Tetris Royale, so I'm not sure if that's the same one. Gotcha. Uh, Um, Tetris Battle Royale is coming to mobile, and it's not Tetris done so it's a different one. And Tetris Royale is on uh, Google Play right now.
0: Oh, I'll have to... uh it if i'll definitely check that out if especially if it's free i've got a few links uh, in my google wallet from yeah surveys. it looks like it's
1: free but it's also it's rated right three point eight
0: that's not bad Three point uh, eight looks like uh,
1: look, great, but... uh, it looks like there's a lot of videos that eat up people's data but fuck you i got unlimited i'm on wifi that's something well i got uh i got another one I, yeah, I, I do still, too. I still have three more left. I have, I have another one. Um, I have uh, cooked, served, delicious three. So uh, essentially, the PC version of Cooking Mama. Let's be perfectly honest here, where you uh, run a restaurant and you're running around like mad trying to you know, keep things from going to shit. Uh, and it's very intensive. I've uh, played the first couple. And it's a, it requires you to build a bit of muscle memory. So like uh, hitting K for ketchup, M for mustard on, uh, for fries or hot dogs or whatever. Uh, knowing uh, of the approximate timing on uh, how long it takes for uh, the chicken to fry or uh, the hotkeys uh, you need to be able to hit uh, your bubble tea quickly for a particular order. It can get very intensive. It's not. It has a low barrier to, of entry, but it has a high skill ceiling. Uh, and it looks like uh, they're going to a food truck this time. Of uh, the last one, I believe it were you were managing a couple high end restaurants. So, uh, that uh, food trucks could be a very interesting uh, area for this because they're very diverse. Yeah. Um, so I got one. Uh, oh, well, I was going to say, uh, hang on, I was just double checking this. It looks like if you have uh, the others, uh, it does not knock off the price. So it doesn't have a complete, the bundle set, which is a little disappointing, but it's also an early access title. Okay.
0: So turn. I got, I'm not sure if you're not, it says dwaros or dueros. But it is a uh, described as a peaceful third-person action, or sorry, not. Oh action. yeah, I, I accidentally a started a,
1: adventure. I accidentally started a discovery queue uh, in between the episodes, and this yeah. was on there, and I and I added it to my wish list. It looks this very looks interesting. Very-
0: very cute, very interesting. I like the idea of a peaceful sort of exploration, puzzle-solving, build type game because so many of these, like, Minecraft, Space Engineers, etc., eventually go down the route of survival. And I don't like that. Whenever I play these games, I like to just chill out, explore, build stuff, relax. So I love the the idea of this, the, the sound of it. And, um, you know, would just have to play it and see how it actually turned out. But
1: all right okay i got one uh i just uh, found it i'm adding it to my list simkiria 2 this uh looks like it's in the same uh, or the in the vein of another lost phone where you are looking at stuff on a phone to try to solve a murder along with uh police files and just random cat pics as well yeah, it looks like they filled out the phone fairly well, actually. I'm not sure if this is the... Uh, I'm, I'm quickly looking at the developer to see if there's another one. on uh, there's a Zoom carry. Yeah, there is. An interactive uh, horror experience about exploring a missing woman's phone. So this is the same vein uh, where uh, it's technically a horror game, but it looks like it's more of a uh, psychological horror. Mm-hmm. But also, looks like they're going uh, the route of full-motion video as well for cutscenes, which is going to massively add to uh, uh, the file size, I bet. Uh, let's see. Da-da-da. Requires 16 gigs of uh, hard drive space. So, yep, for ga- for a more simple game like this, yep, that is definitely adding to it. So I got another one.
0: I only but, have one. Uh, game. Well, 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 well oh. I was
1: just going to say, if you're uh, a fan of uh, these kind of more oddball uh, horror titles or discovery titles, or liked uh, another Lost phone or that type of game, it eh, looks like one to check out. Okay, your turn. All right. Um, so I got another one. I only have one game left on my queue.
0: So uh, we'll my last my last right.
1: one is uh, VR only. So I'm not going to do
0: it. Gotcha. So this is Command & Conquer Remastered Collection. Um, I have been following the development of this game for a while now. They have remastered Command & Conquer 1 and Red Alert 1, along with all of the expansions for the games, the the dev team that's been working on this. It's been under development for several years if you're a fan of the command and conquer series as as far as what i have have seen following sort of the progress of this this is going to wind up being a must-have they went back through all of the original development archives they've got a lot of unused assets footage music that has been remastered re-rendered where possible they got as many of the master recordings um, of all of the fmv stuff um, and then they're doing their best to properly remaster and upscale the things that they couldn't get the originals for. There is, so there's a little bit of mixed quality on that front. But in general, everything looks better. Um, the new remastered music tracks are great. The game is including a shitload of bonus features like blooper reels and unused takes and um, like making of kind of, you know, bonus feature documentary type stuff. Um, I am very excited for this, uh, and it—I it, mean, it just their announcement trailer. they like, finally, it was going to be up for purchase, like pre-purchase, and the release date um, went up today. So uh, it's coming out June fifth. Obviously, I'm not going to pre-order. Thou shalt not pre-order. But uh, I'm very excited for this. So fingers crossed it it turns out to be as good as it looks um, and then I have one more game on my discovery queue and it is not loading what happens if I hit refresh and my okay it must have been garbage because it's telling me my queue is complete so now I'll never know what that final game was on my queue um, so yeah. Uh, just matter
1: that it had just some big
0: tits. I mean, I'm on the internet every day. I see those regularly. As much as I like them, that's not like a big, you know. Yeah, segment. but they were animated tits. I, I watch, I can watch those every day. I, it is a pleasant surprise, I guess, when they pop up on Steam, but.
1: Sweet. Well. Yeah, well, well, you're more interested in the dicks the size of baseball bats anyway. I mean, yes to all of those things. Yes, please. Big dicks, big tits. All of it. Planes fucking other planes. 100%. Anyone
0: who's curious, just come ask me about that. We'll talk about it. I'll, I'll let you in on my world of fetishes. But for now, that's going to do it for us in the Discovery Queue. Hey, Rage, why don't you uh, hit him with them socials?
1: Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on YouTube. Gaming with Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, Gaming with CR, or you can be my friend on Steam, uh, Caffeine Rage, over there as well. You've been... Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist
0: on Twitter at JMA4707, and you can be my friend on Steam by sending a friend request to jr seven zero seven.
1: If you want to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Especially if you've uh, been listening to the news lately and, you know, we're all going to die.
0: We're Quick, all, die. all the toilet
1: paper. Because, yo, that saves you from the uh, coronavirus, right? Toilet paper. Indeed. I might die, but at least I'll die with a clean asshole. There's a sentence I never thought I would say. <laughs> There's a sentence. Uh, uh Well,. I, I would have thought that you would have said, honestly. Never said I've never said that before in my life. Well, was a first time for everything. Indeed. Uh and on that note, let's get the hell out of here. Once again, you could reach us podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or just tweet them to us, VGL Podcast on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons are to blame for this absolute madness. You can find out more at patreon.com slash VGL Podcasts. Or you to find the show notes, or the RSS feed, or links to all our stuff. You can find us at bglpodcast.podbean.com you or your podcatcher of choice. But if you haven't found us on a podcatcher or somewhere, how the hell are you listening to us? Let us know. Because that will be an interesting one, right? That would be. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Ken McLeod. And our Discovery Cube music is jubilee dooed by the same artist. You can find his work over at acomputech.com and... As always, as his lovely
0: music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. Oh, see you next time.